0: Welcome to The Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance.
1: Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Well, welcome back to The Culture Classroom. Today, as Coach Torrey is driving to the College World Series, I'm watching it from the friendly confines of my air conditioned house in Mississippi. Uh, Coach Story, be careful on the road, but um, I think we need to write ourselves a check today, and uh, it's going to be pretty interesting for our listeners.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's kind of a neat idea and uh, a, a great culture piece, I think, for sure, for, for any team or any individual looking to grow. It certainly worked out for Jim Carrey. So, the backstory on this, uh, for all of you, maybe you know, it was well documented on the Oprah show in the late 1990s. And when Oprah was getting ready to call her show good, when she was running, getting that uh, to the end, she would kind of put together her favorite moment throughout the show's history. And I don't even know how long the, the Oprah show ran for Coach Weaver, but it was a long time, right? And I just think about Oprah and, you know, like at the end, it got really gimmicky of you get a foam roller and you get a foam roller. But... Uh, I love Oprah Winfrey, and someday I wish she would go into politics because I feel like she relates to everybody in America, which is why her show was probably such a success.
1: From Mississippi, by (laughs) the way. She's from Mississippi. There you
0: go. Of course she is, right? (laughs) Like a little bit of Midwest, a little bit of down South. Like she can relate with anybody. Yeah. But her, her number one moment on the show was in 1997 when Jim Carrey came on and talked about how he wrote himself a check and that changed everything. So, the backstory is 1985, Jim Carrey moves to Hollywood, right? He's chasing his dream. He's going to be an actor. Uh, he's looking to make it big, all that stuff, right? And of course, we know now how Jim Carrey did make it big, right? Like some of the best movies uh, that he produced are The Cable Guy. You know, or he, my son is really into Sonic right now. So he, of course, is Eggman and Sonic. I mean, he's the Grinch. He played God at one point. Uh, so he's been in some really big roles.
1: You're missing the biggest, mo- the, the funniest movie I think he made of all time Dumb yeah. and Dumber.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and there's a reason that I skipped that one or glossed over that one. It's probably a better term. Um, In 1985, he's flat broke, right? He's just moving out to Hollywood, and he's trying to make his dream happen. And um, every night, he would park his car on Mulholland Drive, where the stars live, and he would dream about what his life would be like, so visualize what his life would look like when he lived on Mulholland Drive. Every night, he did that. And then 1992 came, so seven years later, and nothing really has changed in his life. He's maybe more well-known in Hollywood, he's been in some movies, but he certainly hasn't made it big, and he's having a hard time cash flowing. He um, just basically doesn't have two nickels together, you know, can't rub them together to pay his rent, living paycheck to paycheck, still chasing his dream, seven years after moving to Hollywood. And so that's when he decided to write himself a check. So it's toward the end of 1992, and he wrote himself a check for $10 million. And in the memo, he wrote for acting services rendered. So nothing specific, just like this is what I'm going to do. And he who dated the check for Thanksgiving, or for, yes, for Thanksgiving 1995. And just before Thanksgiving 1995, he found out what he made on Dumb and Dumber. Any guesses?
1: I'm going to say $10 million. million. That was his cut for Dumb and
0: Dumber. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Literally literally the speak it into existence, right?
1: Right. Well, it's funny. It's funny you brought this up because I was cutting grass two days ago. And I'm a big fan of Ed Milet's show. When I'm cutting the grass, he puts out good content. But it was talking about touching your dreams. So, about Jim Carrey, when you said him parking on Mulholland Drive, Mallette was talking about like touching your dreams, going and working as hard as you can. But hey, go, go rent a Lamborghini. Go stay one night at a hotel that you, you dream to stay at, at a longer time. And then he said a big thing. He goes, I don't want to eat the whole steak. I want to eat just a little piece of the steak. So in the future I can have the whole steak. And that's, Everything that I'm around right now with this podcast that we're just doing, I had no idea what we we're going to talk about with checks. I had no idea. I mean, I had an idea, but I didn't know $10 million was going to be on the line. Uh, right. To Ed, show with with your dreams, I think that's a big piece. Uh, and Ryan Hawk, I'm listening to uh, a guy talk about how we have to carve out what we want to be in life. Like nothing just happens just to happen. Um, you have to put yourself in position. You have to visualize it. You have to see it you have to, um, to dream it for stuff like that to happen. And uh, I'm gonna follow up with this story, and I think I shared this with you maybe, but before I started working at MRA, I was a librarian. I was a librarian at Porter's Chapel. Isn't that weird? Ooh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I moved back from Birmingham, uh, gonna go work for Tower Loan, and JT, I was driving a Channel Petroleum truck Driving back from Lexworth, which is in Natchez, Mississippi, which is about two and a half hours south of where I was going, crying on the way home, knowing that I did not want to drive a petroleum truck for the rest of my life. Like, just bawling, like, just like, this sucks. It's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, I went to the school at Porter's Chapel and I was like, y'all can have anything. they're like, look, you can be the DB coach, but you can also uh, be our librarian. Excuse me. And we'll pay you this. OK, well, when the kids from the elementary or the kindergarten weren't in the library, I would be on the Internet looking at schools of like where where do I want to go to? Like where do I want to? And one of the schools that I searched a lot of was MRA. And here's the other thing. I went with a, a faculty member like, hey, we're going to Madison to pick up our son from a track meet. Do you want to go? And I said, sure. Had no idea where we were going until I got in the car. Like we're going to MRA. So I drove there in 2000 something, seven (laughs) crazy, right? 2007. And it was like, I'm going to work here. I'm going to work here. Walked out, walked onto the track, uh, Walked out to where Strawberry Patch Park is and I kept telling myself like I'm going to work there and I kept researching kept researching 2011 it happens. Now that's a God thing but it's also like knowing where you want to go putting yourself in position for those steps to happen. So I essentially wrote myself a check for MRA and I I didn't put a a, a amount on it but that's where I wanted to be. That's the area I wanted to live. That's the school. I wanted to be at one of the Top schools in our whole association, but I researched it. I was always it was always on my mind. It's kind of like the yellow car theory, right? Yeah. You think about yellow cars, you start seeing them. So it's just such a powerful story by Jim Carrey about writing yourself a check and how many times do we sell ourselves short?
0: Yeah. How many? How many times do I give up? Well, I think that's the thing about the taste, right? Like, you can feel when you're getting close. Like, I'll never forget my dream from the time that I was little, 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 right? Little guy. And I've talked about this lots of times. My dream is I love pro football, right? Like, I love college football, and I love USFL football, and I'll watch CFL football. I don't really understand the 12 players, and I don't understand the, the big, giant field. But, I mean, I'll watch, right? Like, i I watch other sports because they relate to football. But there is nothing like pro football, like the NFL. And uh, I remember, and about the same time, you were probably, you know, starting your librarian services, maybe a little bit before that. I'll never forget, I interviewed with the Dolphins. And they were going to hire four. And I had my bags patched for for South Beach, right? Like, I'm like, oh, it's going to be awesome. They're hiring four. Like, I'm in the mix. Like, you know, I'm going to get one of these spots. And uh, I didn't. And at the time though, as I'm interviewing, I'm like, I'm close. I'm, it, I might not be a Dolphin, because I, I was crushed, right? Like, and I don't even like the Dolphins, but I was crushed, I'm like, I'm so close. Mm-hmm. And that's when I feel like most people give up, is mm-hmm. when they're really close, they don't even know how close they are. And then I interviewed with the Jaguars, and then I interviewed with the Browns, and then I eventually caught on with the 49ers. Um, and I mean, I'll be a 49er for the rest of my life, right? But. We, we, that's the whole idea of the, the taste, right? So I love the Ed Milette thing of give yourself a taste. Don't eat the whole steak, but stay in a four-star hotel. Right. Like, go on that vacation that you've been denied. Like, you're, you're never, you always make more money, right? And I feel like that's what experiences do. Um, like, am I looking forward to the 19-hour drive we're going to have here in about 10 days to, to the beach? No, but I'm looking forward to seeing my kids' face for the first time when they see an ocean. And uh, full disclosure for our listeners, like, I know you're shocked that my kids have never seen the ocean, but we live in Iowa. Right, right? We're six states above the ocean. (laughs) So, so, like, that will blow them away. They think that where we go on the sandbar in the Missouri River, they think that is amazing. (laughs) So the ocean is going to (laughs) be ten times the brown-blue water of the Missouri River. But, you know, we're giving ourselves a taste here a little bit. And that's the whole idea of the check is like Jim Carrey talks about it. And he tells Oprah, he goes, I kept it in my wallet and it deteriorated and deteriorated and deteriorated. And he goes, it was frayed piece of paper, but that's your dream on that frayed piece of paper, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's your dream. And uh, there's no substitute for your dream, for living out your dream, for chasing your dream. Even if at the, even if it never materializes, right? Because there's a lot of dreams, uh, the most valuable real estate in the world, is the cemetery, because countless dreams are buried with those people right there too. Right. And this is something that I'm trying to like communicate with eighth graders. So this year I actually handed every eighth grader and I wrote down mine, right? Like what's my dream, what's mine? And I think I gave myself five years, so by 2028, maybe it was less than that, but I think by 2028, I wanna be a keynote speaker at some big time event and I want to get paid $10,000 for whatever presentation I get. So that was, that's my check that I wrote to myself. I took a picture of my actual check. I blanked out my, my bank account numbers because my kids don't need to see that. But I uploaded that directly to Canvas. And then I asked every eighth grader in my class on our last Money Monday together. I handed them a blank check, and I showed them this is how you write a check. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, I told them, to, what are you what are you writing it for? You know, on my memo, it said keynote speaker. In their memo, they could write it for whatever. Mm. And then I had them upload it to Canvas and turn that assignment in. But, you know, that's that's the idea is that as as kids get older, as we get older, our dreams become smaller or we, we put them on the back burner, right? Like my wife and I, and you're in the same boat too, raising three kids. You know, our whole life is dedicated to our kids. So there's not a lot of time left for my wife and I and what we want to accomplish. Hmm. But we'll get back to that at some point. So I think a lot of times we just don't ever act on it because the timing's not right or whatever. As long as that dream stays alive, though, we've talked about this on a couple other podcasts. Then you know it'll happen, right? It'll happen in its own time, and um, I think that's the powerful part of the chat.
1: Yeah. Here, here's what I'm going to when, when we talk about. And this is for our listeners when they're they're diving into this like they all like if you're if you're listening to this right now, you're probably thinking like I have all these dreams like I have things that I wish I would have done when I was twenty when I'm thirty, when I'm forty when I'm fifty, but here's the element that I think it stops a lot of people is there's a risk involved you have to be vulnerable you're putting yourself out there. What if I wrote that check for twenty five thousand dollars to do whatever, and it never happens. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro Quick Draw, the dynamic playbook
0: solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your playbook quickly.
1: Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro QuickDraw. In that time frame, it never happens. Now, you have to live with, like, did I fail? And I think a lot of the part, the biggest part I'm learning for a leader is you have to be vulnerable and being true to yourself. Because I think about so many times people manifest a story, manifest stuff that they have a better version of themselves than what it really is because they're afraid of what the world thinks of them. So my dream needs to be bigger than what I really am. If that even makes sense, but I think so many times that it happens that I don't want to dream too big because I don't want to feel, feel the feel failure when it happens and that's a real deal or people have a, I'm going to paint this picture of Bob Ross of beautiful trees and happy trees and all this stuff. When I've experienced pain and sorrow and I mean, I was crying in a truck. Right, I think you have to be real with yourself. Yeah. Because there's there's a sculpture that we wanna put out there of who we are when on the inside, it's not who we really are.
0: No, and you know what, you're 100% right because as you're sitting there sacrificing and chasing your dreams, right? And I think about Jim Carrey, that really resonates with me when he drives to Mulholland Drive every night. You know, think about all the people in his life that are telling him to give up, mm-hmm. quit. You've tried it, but it's not going to happen. Like, quit. Just go home. And it's like, man, it's really tough when things aren't going your way. How do you justify it, right? And especially with money. And it's one thing when you're single. Like, with me in the NFL, moving around the country, like, living out of a duffel bag, literally, living in a hotel. Like, I had no permanent residence. I wasn't tied to any area for a good chunk of my 20s. But that's what it requires. And everyone else telling, oh, don't you want to come get a job or don't you want to, like, have a stable girlfriend or, you know, have a, have a stable place to live? And it's like, I can't. There's no stability. Like, with your dream, it's so unstable. And then the financial piece on top of it. Right. It's easy when it's just you. But now with family members and other things, it gets much harder when people are counting on you. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what holds people back. I think there's a lot of things, but fear is a big one.
1: Yeah. And uh, you said sacrifice. There is sacrifice that is required for a dream to happen because you just don't. I mean, I've had ambitions to maybe go coach in the college level, go be an athletic director one day. Or there's so many dreams, but if they're so big and so broad, there's so many different ways it can go. For Jim Carrey, it was very specific $10 million for acting service rendered. And how many times do we think in big? Oh, because you're it's that fear thing. Like I can make yeah. it big enough so I can I can maneuver this into this window of my dream because it was so big. Versus getting pinpoint, picture perfect. This is my dream. This is how specific it is. I mean, just like you, keynote speaker, ten thousand dollars. That's what I want. Five years from now, twenty twenty eight. That's where I, I mean. It has to be. A laser-focused dream for it to happen, and
0: yeah, hundred percent right. And like the thing about being a keynote speaker too is it doesn't matter what I speak on. Like right. uh, the presentation is going to be what the presentation is. It's just going to be that I'm the keynote speaker and that I'm hired to do whatever. It could be in front of any group, right? It doesn't right. matter. Jim Carrey didn't know what his ten million dollars was going to come in the form of. That's why oh. he just wrote acting services rendered. If they would have paid him $10 million to be a soundstage manager, I guarantee he would have done it and said, you know, that that's my acting services, right? Right. So, I don't know, I think it's a powerful lesson. Then I wanna share this with you really quick for all the people that don't think that it can happen or um, that tangible piece, right, uh, that, that's put out in the world, for those that don't think that it's a real possibility. Um, I've got a student who is working at Pizza Ranch. Okay, so just a small pizza parlor chain up here. I'm sure he's getting paid 11 bucks an hour or less. You know, he's a 15 year old kid, comes from nothing, great family, but I'm sure they live paycheck to paycheck. He's got older siblings that are kind of a mess. And, and so this is this kid. He has no reason to succeed in life, none. But he listened to me when I, I was his eighth grade teacher. And on Money Monday, everything that I talked about, he soaked up. Got his first job when he turned 14 at Pizza Ranch. He's been working for over a year. And I asked every one of my eighth graders toward the end of Money Monday, or at the beginning of the year, on a Money Monday, I asked him, set a goal financially that you want to accomplish in your lifetime and make them set a short-term goal and a long-term goal. Now, most of them at age 13, 14, when they take my class, they've never been exposed to money. They're only – uh, knowledge is what their parents have bestowed on them, which in my town is awful, right? Um, like the working poor, that's what we have in Denison, Iowa on the large scale. And so I ask them to set a short term goal, meaning by the time they graduate high school. And then I ask them to set a long term goal, meaning decades down their life. And, and we talk about you should plan for a 50 year investment, start mm-hmm. when you're 15 and then when you're 65. Like it should be 50 years and then you can build a great amount of wealth in that 50 years but you got to start young and you know a lot of kids when they're 14 15 they're getting their first job they're interested in the next pair of jays you know they're interested in going to Okaboji for the week that's the big thing up here they're interested in oh man i got to get a girlfriend and treat her really well it's like no start a roth ira and just put a little bit of money in it 30 40 50 bucks a month whatever you can afford and do it for 50 years and you will be amazed at what happens and so I was talking to this kid. We went to Pizza Ranch a couple weeks ago, and I'm talking to him. He always stops in. And, oh, oh, Mr. Torrey, you're here, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's everything going? And I'm like, how, how how's everything going here? And uh, he goes, oh, really good. He goes, I remember in your class you asked me to set a short-term goal of how much money I wanted by the time I graduated high school. He goes, my, my goal was $10,000. He goes, here we are a year later, and I already have that and more in my bank account. Like, the kid who has nothing, who had nothing, right? And you ask him to put it out into the world. What do you want? And be specific about it. Be intentional. There's that coaching word that we use all the time. And then watch it happen. And uh, it's really powerful. So the check is the same way. So for all of our listeners here in Season 10, right? Season 11, holy
1: cow, I always get a bit up. okay? It's
0: all right. For all of us, you're in season 11. Get your checkbook out. I know you might have to blow the dust off it. We don't write very many checks anymore, but write yourself a check, post-date it, keep it somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis, and then watch what happens.
1: That's powerful. I think I'm going to do that as soon as we get off. I'm going to go write one. Do it, and and, and I I can share.
0: I can share mine as well, but I blotted out the numbers
1: on. Yeah, I can do that. But it's it's such a powerful thing to to think about when you start looking at just the power of a check, the power of seeing your dream, the Ed Milet You can taste it, but now you can touch it. You know, and I just think that's that's so big. That's so big in today's world where. Everybody wants to get ahead in life really fast. They don't want to do the sacrifices required to get to the stair step. Or we're too broad because we're scared of failing. Um, JT, awesome podcast today, man.
0: Now, hey, and for our listeners, uh, anyone who needs a uh, motivational speaker for their company, for their organization, um, you know, you know my rate. So I'm available. I'm looking to make that dream a reality here. So just. There's a unselfish plug here on our platform.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if I could hire you tomorrow, I would. Uh, anyway, well, look, be safe on the road. Go Tigers tonight. Uh, took one on the chin last night with Wake Forest, and uh, can't get free passes. So anyway, you
0: know, if, if they gotta win a couple more, and if they get to that championship series, we'll see. But yeah. College World Series is always a great time. I'm heading into the heart of it right now now